Hey everyone, welcome back to Real Issues, Real Talk. For students, by students. We are so excited to be back for another season and can't wait for you guys to hear every single episode that we've recorded for season four of the podcast. We are so happy that you guys have been listening, that you've been following us on social media, and that you wanted us to come back. This season, we have some amazing episodes planned for you guys with incredible guest speakers from AIDS Alabama South to not only talk to us about relevant issues that college students might face, but also discuss all of the amazing things that they do at their organization, just like you're about to hear in this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next one, too. Today, we have Candace Taylor from AIDS Alabama South. That's right. Just like you guys heard in the last episode, we have another representative from AIDS Alabama South to talk about the incredible programs that they offer. And um, without further ado, I guess, Candice, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with AIDS Alabama South? Well, hello. Um, I am the co-executive director alongside Shay Thorne. At AIDS Alabama South, I um, am the supervisor over the program services. So people that come see me on the program side are living with HIV. Um, And what we do is provide them with food bank services, housing services, social support services. We have a team of case managers. Um, We also have our eligibility specialists in linkage to care if they need linkage to doctors and medical appointments. Um, That is our specialty to make sure that they're living their best, healthy, happy life. That is incredible. And I mean, it's crazy to think that all of these services exist in our little small town. You know, we talked a lot in the last episode just about the breadth of services that AIDS Alabama South offers, and it is pretty extensive for how relatively new your organization is in the grand scheme of things and with the support staff that you guys have. So just, you know, huge kudos to you. It's just not even, um, you know, just in our little county in Mobile. And thank you once again. We service 12 counties in southwest Alabama. Um, We serve from the outside of Montgomery down from the Alabama-Mississippi state line over to the Alabama-Florida state line. Some of these counties include Baldwin, Butler, Conecuh, Wilcox, Marengo, Covington, Washington. So if you have students that are um, back and forth to home or that even live in these counties, even if they're in Mobile County, you know, they currently do qualify for the services. That is awesome. Um, And great clarification on just how far your organization stretches there. Now, there's two programs in particular that students would like to know a little bit more about, and we would love for you to go into detail if you can. And that is your housing assistance program through AIDS Alabama South and your food and hygiene pantry through AIDS Alabama South. So I guess getting us started, do you mind telling us about the food and hygiene pantry, how that came about, where is it located, what's available, things along that line? Sure. So our food and hygiene pantry, it's located within our building, 4321 downtown of Loop North. And what we do is we ask people to make appointments Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, so that we can kind of regulate, you know, if people are coming in and we're seeing people and we may be missing someone if we're not able to get to you if everyone is busy. That's why, we, you know, we call and ask, you know, to make appointments. But what we do with our food pantry, um, we go to Feed in the Gulf Coast and we get food. Um, we also have donations. You know, if you want to donate, we're at 4321 Downtown Loop North. We take um, canned goods, non-perishable items. We also have refrigerators, uh, freezers that we stock with food. And we try to provide um, families or individuals with food boxes once a month. Um 
we try to build meals out of the things that um you know when people give them to us to so we look at what we have and we kind of type out a sheet and we're like hey you have this in your food box this month these are sample meals that you can make with your food because we live in a society you know the economy has been down for the last two years because of COVID everything has increased um we also know that the cost of food has increased you know the um people have lost their jobs because of places have closed and it's hard for people to, you know, receive the food. And then also, you know, in the low income neighborhoods, if you look, look how far grocery stores away and also a good grocery store. And when I say a good grocery store, those that receive the fresh fruits and vegetables every day, or they're able to um, make those healthier meal options. Mm -hmm. um, our food pantry we seek volunteers because it is a man within itself, but also our staff, we man it ourselves. So what we do, we um, go when we stock and reload the pantry, you can look on Volunteer Connect and we put out, you know, for volunteers. Um, we load our shelves and we try to get everything in order so that when we're making these food boxes that we don't have everything all over the place, get it organized, you know, neat and clean. So last month, in the food box, if I can give you a perspective of what we provided, um, we provided them with um, fresh fruit. The fresh fruit was nectarines. We had fresh grapes, fresh blueberries. We gave them chicken, macaroni and cheese, fresh um, green beans. And we also had canned um, English peas, um, mashed potatoes, milk, cereal. Yeah, um, that sounds like a pretty good little box right yeah. there. <laughs> So this month is Thanksgiving. So we're trying to gear it a little more toward Thanksgiving and trying to get them, you know, Thanksgiving food that they're able to, um, if they're not able to um, get home for a meal or to make their own Thanksgiving meal themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Now with the boxes, I'm not sure if you mentioned this earlier or not. Is it a once a month thing where you do the food deliveries? Okay. Yes. Yes. It's a once a month thing. Um, if they do not have transportation, we try to make a food box delivery list. And what we do is we kind of do it by zip code or areas of town. So if we're in 36608, then we try to stay in that area on a certain day. So we'll say Monday, we're in 36608 and 36609, mm -hmm. depending upon how many, you know, food boxes that we can deliver. And then we'll go to 36603, 36602, maybe on Wednesday. So we try to stay in an area, not that we're running downtown Mobile to Theodore, right. Theodore to Weston. We try to put it in an area so that um, it makes it, you know, a little more easier to function and run. Of course. Now, AIDS Alabama South, as you had mentioned earlier, does cover a vast majority of counties in our area. Yes. Do you offer your food delivery service in every single one of those counties or is it limited more towards the generalized area where your main office is? No, it is not um, just generalized in Mobile County. We offer it across all 12 counties. Um, the thing is, you know, when it's with the further counties, you know, if they call today and say, hey, I need a, you know, a food box tomorrow, we kind of ask them to give us a heads up or ahead of time because we make a schedule so that we can ensure that, you know, okay, if I'm going to Escambia County, I got five people up here. So I'm gonna go ahead and get all five people in Escambia instead of going to Escambia, coming back and, you know, going backwards and forth. That's why we make it a schedule. Absolutely. Makes entire sense. Now, one thing you mentioned is your partnership with Feeding the Gulf Coast. Is that like a um, direct partnership that you guys have? Or do you just purchase pallets of food from them? 
we purchase uh, pallets of food from them. And then they also have where they have um, gleanings or free food that we can get and we'll get the free food. We'll go and try to, you know, get the free food. And, you know, the gleanings is when you go pick the fruits, you yeah, know, yeah. vegetables yourself and you as mm. much as you can get yeah. in a time sphere, they might send us a message and say, hey, we got a gleaning on next Thursday from 8 to 12. So as much as you can get from that gleaning, then we can bring it back and we can distribute it for free. Um, I did mention that all of our services are free. I forget to mention, I'm sorry, that all of our services are free. And so what we do is once we finish with that and get it all sorted and put together, we give it to the public for free. That's incredible. Now, aside from Feeding the Gulf Coast, are there any other third-party nonprofits that you work with? Um, as far as food, no. But in far as other services, if we transition into housing services, yes, we do work with other nonprofits um, that for housing services. Lifeline 211 is one of the bigger ones that we work with as well. Um, what happens is, you know, people have evictions. Um, we can refer them over to 211. And what happens is they have a program where they can assist them with coming out of the eviction. So um, let's just say you receive your eviction notice um, and you contact us and we're like, okay, well, we know they have this program. So we're going to get you over to them because they can do the lawyer fees and mm -hmm. pay the past due rent uh, to help you come out of the eviction so that you won't be homeless. That's incredible and a service that I don't think a lot of people realize does exist. Now, just putting a pin in, you know, your housing um, services here for a second and circling back to food. Why do you think it's necessary for AIDS Alabama South to operate this food pantry when there are other community options in the area? Um, one, because people need food, you know, just to maintain food to take your medications Certain food requires that you take medications to eat, but also just healthier food, food options. People can't afford fast food, um, not like putting fast food down, but if you have food at home, you can make bigger portions of meals and last longer so that you will not be, you know, struggling to mm. purchase food, pay my rent, pay my bills. You know, it's a, a financial burden that can be lifted off people. I've um, been, you know, um, a broke college student before. I've also been like in a bind before, you know, I had, um, you know, stabilized and, and the disparity of, okay, I paid all my bills, all my, you know, my rent, my car note, you know, is paid. I got $20 in for two weeks. How am I supposed to feed myself? And if I have a family off $20 for the next two weeks. Right. Um, for food stamps, um, or I make too much money to qualify for certain services. So I'm kind of in like a rock of, you know, rock and a hard place. And Absolutely. I just need an extra push, you know, or assistance to make it through. Yeah. Now, one of the things that a lot of people ask us about when it comes to your organization is, is it only, are the services offered only for people who are HIV and AIDS positive? So for um, food pantry and housing services, yes, for people living with HIV, but we also have our um, clinical services and as well as our um, teen group in Project 1824 that is for people that are not living with HIV. Gotcha. And now going back to the housing services, because I know you touched on them briefly. Could you just talk a little bit about what exactly 
AIDS Alabama's Health offers when it comes to housing and security or what partnership organizations you guys work with? Sure. So housing is healthcare, let me say that. And we believe that if you're stably housed and you will take your medication and you will live a longer, healthier, happy life and you'll have that secure of I'm going to go to my doctor's appointments, you know, and just be healthy. So with the housing services, we try to um, assist our clients with locating, you know, housing, um, affordable housing, as well as we can assist with a first month's rent. Um, when we assist with the first month's rent so that the client won't have the burden of paying the deposit, the first month's rent, also paying the utility bills because um, we work with low income individuals. And sometimes, you know, there is a larger deposit for um, individual. And if they have to pay a deposit to, to connect their electricity, their water and their gas, depending on, you know, the utilities that they mm -hmm. have, paying a first month rent can assist them financially so that they're able to pay that as well as the moving expenses that they will have to pay. Um, also, with our housing services, we do have a tenant-based rental assistance program. We call it TIBRA for short, where we can assist clients with uh, about 70 to 30% of their rent. Um, it's a formula that we use with the income that they bring in. So I can't tell you if your rent is $1,000 that we'll pay 70 I mean, that we'll pay 700 and then you pay the other 300 It's not specifically like that. It's... Um, based upon your income and we do the formula and we come out with the amount that the client has to pay. Um, also with housing assistance, we have assist clients that are within their apartment or their home and they may have fell behind a month or two on their rent. Um, and we can get them caught up on, you know, their rent when they are falling behind so that they won't be facing eviction or being put out. Now, if they are facing eviction, um, as I stated before, we send them over to 211, Lifeline 211, because they have a program for individuals that are facing eviction and that they can assist with the lawyer fees and the past due rental, you know, within the eviction process. Absolutely. I mean, that is incredible, just the breadth of services that you guys offer when it comes to housing and security. Now, when it comes to your food bank services and your housing services, we know that they're only for individuals who are living with HIV or AIDS. Could you touch on maybe why housing insecurity is extremely important for that demographic? Okay. So um, with HIV positive individuals, we want them stably housed because they will take their medication. So think about this. Let's put this in perspective. Um, I'm living with HIV and I have my um, antiretroviral medication, ART medication with me. I'm homeless or I'm couch surfing, sleeping on friends' couches or family couches. I haven't um, told anyone about my status, but I have this medication on me. So if they find it, they can Google it and they'll know that I'm living with HIV. So am I going to keep this medicine with me because I'm homeless or am I going to dish it and not take my medication and continue to be homeless? Now, Gosh, on the other yeah. perspective, if I'm stably housed in my house and I'm able to live, you know, within my house, my privacy, this is mine. I'm going to take my medication. 
I'm going to go to my doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. I'm going to um, eat, you know, I'm going to eat so that I'm able to take my medication. So that's where the food pantry come in because some medicines require you to eat a meal with it. Um, and it's not even, oh, I have to eat breakfast every morning to take my medicine. You may take your medicine at lunchtime. If you eat a sandwich for lunch, you know, you have the food that's available. Okay. I ate my sandwich and I take my peel one time, once a day. Okay. I've done that and I can move on. Not taking, um, some medicines, if you take it on an empty stomach, you know, it can irritate your stomach. That's not even just with, um, ART medication. You can take, um, uh, you know, a Tylenol on an empty stomach and it can irritate your stomach because, you know, you're, you know, you don't have any food or anything in there and the acids in your stomach, it can irritate it. So mm -hmm. that's the importance of having someone stably housed that's living with HIV, but also providing them with food so that they're able to maintain a healthy lifestyle, eat, take their medication, go to their doctor's appointments and live a normal, healthy life. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, that makes total sense. I think a lot of people kind of forego the importance of housing and food security when it comes to, you know, following a healthy lifestyle, being able to stay on track with your medication, things like that. So it's great that you guys are offering these services, especially for a population that's at risk as much as those living with HIV could be. Um, now, I want to touch on utilization of your services. What are those numbers looking like? I mean, we know that they exist. We know that they're great services, but are people in the community utilizing them on a regular basis? Yes. So, um, when I first started in 2016, we used to be on Dolphin Street. We're in a small, small, small building. Um, and we used to have about maybe 40 or 50 food boxes a month. We did not have the freezers or the refrigerators. It was more of like a grocery bag. I don't know if you want to call it a food box. It was more like a grocery size bag that we were giving mm -hmm. out, you know, once a month. Um we moved over a few years later to our new location on 4321 downtown of Loop North and our pantry, you know, it kind of exploded. It boom. We got the industrial size freezers. We got the industrial size coolers. We put the shelves up so that we were able to expand and to grow. Now we're giving out um, anywhere between 130 to 150 food boxes per month. Oh, um, wow. Quite, yeah. a, quite some growth there. Yes. And it's not even just a small grocery bag. Sometimes they get a box. Sometimes they get two large brown bags of food and it's able to make at least a week or a week and a half of meals a month. So, yes, that relieves, you know, a burden off of clients. When it comes to the housing services, housing is something, I call it a monster, because if you think about the rising prices, just to put you in perspective with some of our clients that are that receive their SSI, you know, their supplemented Social Security income or their disability income once per month, and they only receive a certain $841 a month. A one bedroom in Mobile County is anywhere between $725 to $800 and something dollars a month. So if I'm receiving $841 a month and I have to pay $775 in rent, how much money do I have left to pay my electric bill, my water bill? Mm -hmm. I have to pay a copay to receive my medication. I have a monthly um, 
hypertensive medication I have to pay. I have, you know, my um, antiretroviral therapy medication copay I have to pay. Even three or five dollars for a copay is a lot, even when you don't have that, you know, amount of money to pay. And then you look at, okay, now I have to have food because I have to eat. If I don't eat, you know, I'll be sick. Um, you know, I go days and days without eating. And then, you know, you don't have the energy to thrive and to go because I don't eat. So that's where it ties into us having our food pantry and housing services to assist those clients to make that gap. So, you know, within that gap. Yeah, of course. Now, you mentioned how the two services do kind of interact with each other. Do you see a lot of people utilize both at the same time or is there kind of no trend there? Yes, I do see people utilize both at the same time. Um, and as I explained, and it's just because of the financial income, mm -hmm. even what about our people that work that make $10 an hour and they also have a car note, car insurance, car insurance and a car note itself. And then you have rent and other utilities. So I make $10 an hour. I'm barely keeping afloat. I need, you know, just a little assistance to kind of keep afloat which is why they come in for our food bank services and even housing assistance sometimes um, when they are those that are, have their earned income and employed, you know, it's balancing that money and trying to maintain, you know, people have been in a fight for trying to increase pay because everything, you know, is increasing and they need the increase in salary and pay to even mm. maintain. Yeah. I mean, shoot, if we talk about increasing prices, I, Remember when my drink at Starbucks used to be three bucks and now it's four and everything's just going up across the board. So it's hard to get ahead. And then especially if you're in a situation where you have a car note, um, you have others to support, rent, living expenses, medication fees, things like that. I can completely understand how that can pile up and where your services would come into play to really help someone out in that situation. So, I mean, huge thank you once again for everything that you do and for offering those services and thinking about them in the first place. All right, Candice. Now we've reached that point in the episode where we're kind of towards the end here. We got to start wrapping things up, unfortunately. Not that it hasn't been a great talk, but we know our listeners have places to be. They're on their way to class. Let's just assume for a second that our listener was walking to class. They got stopped by a few friends. They maybe got caught up in another conversation and they're just coming back to this point in the episode. If they missed everything we talked about before, what is the one thing you want them to take away? Um, the one thing that I want people to take away is that we all struggle at times and there are social services available to anyone. 211 is the resource line and that you can call 211 from your phone and whatever you may need, financial assistance, mental health assistance, food, whatever, dial 211 and they will send you to the correct agency that provides these services. Everyone, you know, has that point in life that they struggle and reaching out doesn't mean that you're weak because you need services for whatever it may be, but it does make you a stronger person because you have people that you know that are going to assist you and give you that extra boost to get you over that hump so that you're able to maintain and not have to worry about whatever it may be. If it's food, if it's housing, even if it's mental health, Please call. That excellently said. And, you know, thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing these amazing resources with our listeners. 
For those listening at home, if you ever need to check out these resources through AIDS Alabama South, be sure to look at the links in our description. Everything we reference in this podcast will be linked down below there. Once again, Candice, huge, huge thank you for coming on here today. For those listening, um, I can assure you this. Real issues, real talk for students by students is not going anywhere. We know it's been a minute since you guys have heard from us, but we are excited to be rounding out this semester with a few incredible episodes and some amazing guests. If you are just listening to us for the first time, be sure to check us out on social media and listen to all our other episodes anywhere podcasts are streamed. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye.